hammer down and push your IndyCar to the limit. No better way to quiet your critics than to go to victory lane. From turbochargers to tight turns, we're covering everything that's happening in the NTT IndyCar series. And Alex Malone, Exclusive interviews with drivers, crew chiefs, and team owners discussing the IndyCar storylines that matter to you. No matter whether it's a street circuit, a road course, a super speedway, or a small oval, it's fantastic, and there's more to come in 2022. This is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. We are counting down to the greatest spectacle in racing, the 106th rendition of the Indianapolis 500. But first, TK... We've got to tidy up from uh, what was, well, it rained and then it didn't rain. And then we went to slicks and then we went to rain tires and bottom line, Colton Herta just put on a phenomenal display, but with all due respect to the winner from California. So I think did the rest of the field, that was the wildest race I've ever watched. hundred percent, Jack. And I mean, car control of this young kid's amazing. I mean, Colton Herta, huge car control, but honestly, Big props to Pato. They restarted on the slicks, and it looked like he had a wet tire. I mean, it was really, really buttoned up, and obviously, what a, uh, a sequence of bad calls because you can't, the only thing you can predict That's is right. the weather. <laughs> and, you know, and, and if you look the way the race played out, it was actually, in my opinion, it was fair because everybody made the wrong choice. Everybody came back in to make the right choice, so on. And then when we shuffled the field after all that commotion, the leaders were the guys that led the whole day. So I like that. Well, and it was entertaining for the viewers as well. And maybe it's just because we don't get exposed to it at the level that, let's say, the IMSA WeatherTech series or other series. Uh, We'll have some wet weather. But to my estimation, if I can't, if I recall correctly, that's the first wet race of the season. We haven't had to deal with wet, wet tires. We right. did a couple of times last year, though. Right. We had a couple of races last year that was actually on the wet, even a few other sessions. We yeah. hadn't had actually a single session that was wet. So, I mean, think about Jimmy Johnson that never had ran in the rain, period. Never period. in life, not let alone an IndyCar. So, a lot of obstacles. And, in, in but man, what a what a race it was if if you were looking for action we had it you, you talk about jimmy johnson i you know you're mentoring uh, jj and uh i'm interested in the conversation that you had with uh this old seven time after his first full race in the wet and the not wet and then he, after the he wet said, again. i mean he said it was different um, which obviously we expect that he said, you know, it, he was amazed how much of a grip he had, which he had no reference. So I'm pretty sure, you know, that was going to happen. But then one thing he said, he, he was really not very impressed or completely he got him by surprise was the visibility, which we knew was terrible. Um, they've always been, um, I know with the windscreen, we, we kind of made it a little bit worse. So IndyCar still keeps working on it. I mean, granted, we only had really, this is probably the third or fourth official rain uh, race that we had since we introduced that. But it, it's actually, we looked into it more after the race and it was not so much the windscreen. It was actually the, the, the seal that they put on the track 
yeah. that we had a problem in the oval on the apron that created the same problem because it the kept the water section. it kept the water up on the surface exactly. correct and that more water on the surface it's more spray so a lot of the old timers that i spoke to said it, it was a lot more spray than usual and that was the answer so i guess it was a combination of things but still everybody did an awesome job and, and uh you know uh it ended up being a pretty pretty you know awesome race how about that folks see the advantages that we have when we have the president or the chairman i should say of the driver's email chain we get all that information when we pull the curtain back a little bit earlier today tk while you were waiting out what was a complete washout of day two of practice at the indy 500 i had a chance to uh, sit down and visit with uh, colton herda after his first victory and uh, congratulated him on his uh, first 2022 win in the gmr grand prix let's take a listen well joining us now here on brick is the winner of the gmr grand prix and well let's just say that maybe the best thing we can describe it as is a ballsy win i know colton herda joins us now colton you know you thrive on things that are sketchy but had you ever encountered a, a, a race that demanded so much from you. I mean, you had two accidents that nobody bothered to tell you about when you got the car almost 90 degrees sideways and you kept on going. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. And that was, um, yeah, I think a lot of people described it as maybe their craziest race ever. Um, and it, and it was exactly that for me too. It was a, you know, a lot of ups and downs and, and moving through the order and, wasn't quite sure who was going to win even when I was leading for for a lot of it I thought you know the, the weather can change and somebody could be on a better strategy so it was a very interesting race well I think interesting is maybe an understatement for you inside the cockpit um, you know recounting as you say the, the the highs and the lows but who made the call uh, originally to go to the slicks because that 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 was a ballsy move was it your dad or was it you were in concert with each other um, I mean, a little bit of both. I think the general rule is like the driver always has to make the final call on, mm -hmm. on tires and what the best thing is to do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the first call was, was more my call and the second call to go to wet when we did was, was more my father's. So, but you need both sides of the story, right? Like I can tell him how the track's doing, but I need to know five minutes, right? Could change yeah. completely of what I want. So uh, there was a radio transmission as I sat here in, uh, in my studio and watched you guys in the rain and didn't envy you at all, uh, where after you got slideways in one corner, you just calmly hit the radio and said, kind of, and I'm paraphrasing, how about that? Uh, you know, did you impress yourself with some of the saves you made? Um, no, well, that one, that one was a weird, like that save, I don't know what happened, but like. <laughs> the feeling that that i had was that the car was going to spin and it was kind of it was past the point of saving and then it snapped back right at the last second uh when i wasn't expecting it <laughs> and it, it came back so um uh, that one was was a little bit of a miracle for me obviously i'd like to think i have quick hands but for that one there was something else to that one will you have you watched the uh, the replay to to see some of your in car video yeah. <laughs> it is impressive yeah. man <laughs> right it's a long it's a long slide 
<laughs> Indeed it is. All right. Unlike a lot of the events, not a lot of time for you or your team to celebrate that win because you had to do the quick turnaround and now you're engaged in the buildup uh, for the Indianapolis 500, uh, the run for the pole and actually setting the entire 33 car field is uh, uh, in front of us this coming weekend. So far, what have been the things that you have concentrated on with your team? Because you do have the luxury of multiple teammates. And in the early going, before they give you that extra boost, isn't a case of isn't it a case of each driver, each team, maybe just maybe trying things so that you can build your book across the board for your engineering crew? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have a, a long test plan for this week to, to go over. So I'm hoping it doesn't rain today and ruin that test plan but yeah there's a lot of stuff and and we even get in cases where we don't know what things are going to do so they're just they're just test items and and you know you just want to get a feel for the thing that it might not make the car better but you just want to understand what this piece on the car would do and you might want it for for before the race or or when you when you have less time to to think about it so yeah it's a long 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 day of of going through a lot of different things doing q sims going back to the garage working on it coming back out doing stuff in pit lane um and it's a lot of fun i love that i wish more races were like this where we just hop back into the next one because it's a lot of fun for us drivers to be in the car so much keeps big mo going too doesn't it exactly <laughs> talking to colton herta uh the most recent winner at the indianapolis motor speedway the gmr grand prix that kicked off all of the action for this upcoming 106th rendition of the indianapolis 500 every driver whether they want to admit it or not, has two goals each season. One is to win races, but the overriding goal is to win the Indianapolis 500. When you take a look at where it fits in your hit list, is it miles ahead of any other event? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is one of the, if not the biggest race in the world. Um, and it's the one that, that growing up as a kid, we all wanted to, to take part in and, and one day have a chance at winning. And um, luckily, I'm in, in the place that, that I have a great team and we have great cars and great engines that, that it's a real possibility this month. So it makes you even more excited if, when you have all that aspect. Marco is back and uh, dad is going to call the shots. His father is going to call the shots on his car for the 500 your dad's calling the shots as he does each and every week for your efforts in the 500 uh what's it like to have uh, uh, an andretti in addition to your boss uh, in in gasoline alley and uh, out there on the racetrack with you it, it's a lot of fun you know we get we get along very well and it's a lot of fun that that not only that he's on my on my uh, car but he's he's a great strategist that was like the main reason why I wanted him because of how good he was. Shot it. It's um, yeah, it's, it's really exciting. And it's, it's a lot of fun for me. You've really come into your own Colton and, and yet you're still every race. It's obvious to me, you're still acquiring the, you know, those, those little small nuanced uh, pieces to your racecraft. Where do you think you've gotten better? Even though until the GMR Grand Prix, uh, it, it wasn't necessarily the greatest of starts to the season, some miscues, et cetera. But where do you think you, Colton Herta, have gotten better when you get in the, the cockpit of your IndyCar? 
Um, I think the biggest thing is just understanding more and more the flow of races, you know, when to push the car, when not to push the car, like when to save fuel, um, when we need to overcut or undercut. Just understanding the flow of races is like the biggest thing for me. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's been a long journey. It's, it's something that like that you can only gain from, from more more time on track. And so, um, yeah, the more time I spend in the car in the race, in the races, the more I have a better understanding of how the races play out. And then, um, yeah, I mean, you see a guy like Dixon, right? Like he can start 20th and, and be in the top five by the end of the thing. And that's just because his race knowledge is, is huge. He knows when to push, he knows when not to push. He knows how to get the most out of the race car in a race situation. You're really a student of the game, aren't you? Um, yeah, I mean, I think we all are, right? Like, yeah. you, you have to be, want to be the best that, that you can possibly be. Um, you need to understand every aspect of, of what goes right and then also what goes wrong when you're, when you're in the race car. Uh, I want to switch gears for a second, and I do it with hesitation, quite simply, because it is forthcoming, the biggest race. But uh, you recently signed, since we last talked, uh, a development contract with with uh, Team McLaren over on the Formula One side. Uh, I have to imagine that you really haven't had an opportunity uh, to to do anything further than that. But uh, the, your boss has already said he wants to go Formula One racing if he can put the deal well, he's put the deal together is get the approval from uh, the other 10 owner groups in the F1. Um, I, I know you're fully prepared for a full-time, uh, long-time career in IndyCar, but if the opportunity came along, what would a Formula One ride mean to Colton Herta? Um, I'm still not sure because I, I haven't really gotten that close to one. Um, yeah, <laughs> really? <laughs> um, you know, there's there's all these aspects in play and, I think it goes without saying what, what the Andretti name would do for Formula One, especially in the U.S. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I hope he gets approved. And if I get the chance to drive that car, it would be amazing. I think it, it, it right, it would be incredible to, to have an American, whether it's me or, or some of these other fast guys that, that are in Europe, Logan Sargent, Jack Crawford, um, be racing in Formula One, be huge for, for America to have an American over there. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the moment, I'm not thinking about it too much because, you know, obviously I got a big race ahead here. I got a big season ahead here. And, um, yeah, at the moment I'm, I'm contracted to race an IndyCar. So that's where my, my sole focus is. Yeah. We'll cross that bridge a little later down the road. Hey, listen, I appreciate your visiting with us. Need an update on your band. Uh, I, I know the guys in the NBC television booth have been harassing and haranguing you to, uh, give them some music from your band, some original scores. I would imagine you haven't had a lot of time to get, uh, to, to get that part of your side hustle going. Have you? No, I've had zero time. Um, you know, I think we're, we're actually coming out with an album in June, but it's taken over two years to make. So it shows how little time between, you know, two college students and then a professional race car driver have to, to spare time. Well, spare time may be at a premium, but it's certainly going to get even more scant as we count down the days to uh, first qualifying and then the ultimate, the greatest spectacle in racing uh, in two Sundays from now. Colton, thanks so much for joining us here on Brick by Brick and good luck on pole position weekend. Thank you. I appreciate it. Couldn't resist to at least drill in and find out a little bit more about this Formula One opportunity. And I thought the most telling thing that Colton said was, I really want to drive 
in Formula One for Michael Andretti. I'm paraphrasing, but it was almost as if he he corrected himself because then he quickly transitioned, kind of like when you you know feel that looseness in a race car and you correct. And he started talking about why it was so important for Michael to get a Formula One team. We'll have to keep track of that one because I think there's more down the road and sooner rather than later once we get past this Indy 500. Yeah, let me put it this way. Um, I know a little bit more about it. You just here said, you go again. Uh, here. You know, <laughs> if if Michael gets accepted and makes it happen that he's going to have a team in Formula One, Colton will be driving one of his cars. A hundred percent. There you go. That's straight from. That's a nose. done deal already. Just so you know. That's straight from the nose's mouth. When nose's we return, nose. we change our direction where we point to where we should be. And that is the race that stands before us. The 106th running of the Indianapolis 500. Day two of practice was rained out. But Dalton Kelly, part of the A.J. Foyt racing team, is going to drop by after we take this time out. Quick pit stop, and then we're back on the track. This This is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. This is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. Welcome back to Brick by Brick. He's Tony Kanaan. I'm Jack Arud, and it is time for us to start unpacking everything that is going going to get underway. Well, technically, it got underway yesterday. It got rained out today, but we'll continue to march towards the running of the greatest spectacle race in the Indy 500 two Sundays from now. And in between, we have the run for the pole. And we are pleased to have joining us now from A.J. Foyt's racing stable. Nearby, A.J. is being recognized a little bit later tonight, TK, uh, at the uh, Foyt Wine Vault. I know you frequented it. But the pilot of the K-Line Insulator Chevrolet for A.J., the number four, Dalton Kellett, is in the house in a sequestered area uh, to join us away from all the hoopla around his boss. Dalton, so good of you to join us tonight. How are you? Thanks for having me. I was able to find a, a quiet <laughs> in the party here. Come, come join, come chat. Well, look, uh, I, I know my partner here constantly tells me, and I've been around long enough to realize that everybody has a different agenda. Uh, and especially with what was forecast and came out to be true, the weather today. So everybody, you know, was going in a different direction. I, I can't remember the last time that you have an entire day of practice and you would struggle to get no toe laps. Uh, everybody was out at the racetrack the whole time. But the good news there, Dalton, is uh, you look pretty solid there in uh, the 14th uh, in the combined efforts. How'd the car feel to you? You know, when we, when we rolled off the truck, we had an iteration of the setup that we kind of ran last year and had worked on at the open test. And I don't think any of us were super happy, really. We were a little free on turn-in and just a little, you know, not too confident to put the wheel in. And we uh, pretty quickly kind of got off that. We're just trying some new setups and some different configurations that I was pretty happy with right off the bat. And, uh, you know, we kind of went into this, this practice week really with the intention of we have to run in traffic as much as we can without bump day. There's not that pressure there. And we really need to make sure we're dialed in for race days. I think that's where we've let ourselves get a little, 
off the path that we need to be. You know, last year we were focusing on straight line speed and no toes and all that. And, you know, I think we were, we weren't too comfortable come race day. So we're not making that mistake this year. Yeah, Dalton, obviously it's your third year in the series. Uh, you've been at Foyt since you joined. Um, obviously, we were there together for one year. Um, it, it is, people have the different view of, you know, how how big and then how small the same time that team is. Obviously, mm-hmm. you've been, uh, you know, a, a huge supporter of, of, of the team over the years. What do you think you guys need to make the next jump. Obviously, I know how hard Larry works. Um, I know, you know, obviously, for people that don't know, we have two shops, right? So uh, one in Texas and one in Indy, which is sometimes is not very practical. But in your opinion, I mean, realistic, what do you think you needed to do to make the, you know, not you, but as a team, what can Mm -hmm. you help the team to make that next step? I think the, you know, our still our biggest weakness is just qualifying or single lap pace, especially on the road courses. And when we're, you know, when we're looking at, you know, the replays and, and onboards, like it's pretty, we can all kind of tell, like when Kyle and I are getting out of the car, we have similar feedback on the areas that we know we're a little deficient in and where we need a bit more grip or, or you know, the balance is usually okay, but it's more of a, a, a grip issue. And it seems kind of re- repetitive at this point, but, you know, we, we need to, keep bolstering the damper program, you know, find a bit of mechanical grip in the low speed kind of tighter corners coming off the brakes. Um, and then I think from an operational standpoint, the team keeps making strides, we keep making good hires, uh, but it's, you know, retaining those people and then looking at where we, we could use more manpower and just hiring, you know, and, and that's the tough thing right now is it's a difficult, the off season market for mechanics and talented engineers is really difficult, really competitive. Um, so I think that's where we have to focus our, our, our attention. You know, unlike my partner, um, you have a physics and an engineering degree. Uh, he's got it in the streets, or I should say in the cockpit. Yeah, but he's got a baby Borg, so. (laughs) (laughs) He likes to remind me of that, but, uh, you know, with that kind of background, um, and you talk about developing more development in the dampers and the dampers for people, the best way to put it is it's, it's your shock, your, your shock absorbers, the way you do it. Um, what sort of input do you provide there? Because you maybe can uh, add the engineering lingo to the conversation. I mean, I think the, the difficulty with the dampers is that they can, um, you know, you can use them as a tuning tool or they can be a really fundamental change on how the car behaves. Right. So it's, it's, it's more, it's, it's, it really starts with the engineers and with them looking at, you know, the overall picture of the car in terms of, you know, ride rates and how the tire works and what kind of loading the tire likes in different parts of the corner um, to come up with like the overall damping levels and, 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 and all that and the different damper parameters. And then it's up to the driver to really go out and give the feedback on how it's, how it's actually responding. And then obviously the, the stopwatch is kind of the final, final verdict um but i you know i, I do feel that having the the technical background you know, i i like understanding how all that stuff works and i think it does give me a, a a little bit of help in terms of giving some feedback and just having that technical you know understanding but when you look at you know the really experienced drivers like tk and and a good portion of the indycar field i think you like you guys have spent enough time around these cars and doing that kind of stuff that like you also really understand it as well so um really it's just i think it's up to the driver to really 
explain very clearly and precisely what they need out of the car to go faster. All right, Kanan, before you get up in my grill, what I was trying to say is Dalton could get up on a blackboard and he could put the equations, you know, <laughs> chalk to blackboard. You, on the other hand, would just use your hands. What's a blackboard? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Dalton is speaking of, obviously, you and I, you're an avid promoter of STEAM. Obviously, people probably don't know what that is. It's science, technology, engineering, and math. Um, can you explain? I mean, I love that what you do because you're obviously, you know, dealing with youth and trying to promote mm -hmm. that to, to, to inspire them. So can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. So I, you know, I think as an athlete, you kind of have a an imperative or, you know, just a kind of a bit of an obligation to use your platform to give back. And I think you're most effective when you do that kind of very specifically on something that you're really passionate about. And for me, that's always been promoting STEM and education. I think my kind of mission statement with that is I, I just feel like instead of trying to tackle a specific issue, like by promoting education and STEM, you're kind of helping everyone, you know, just bring everyone up. Um, so I've, really enjoyed that i've you know worked with various student programs over the years doing school visits when we're at races uh, i've been working with a company or a charity called 1080 1080 educations international stem league for the last few years and they're basically like an extracurricular program where students design and build uh, and race little 18 scale or 10 scale rc cars uh they have teams all over the us and canada and a couple of international teams um so I really liked being part of their program and kind of giving them like an ambassador and sort of someone to root for in the, in the IndyCar series. More recently, I've been doing um, actually a lot of stuff on, on TikTok. And I just kind of decided that this year, I'm going to try to take as much of that engineering and technical knowledge that I have about racing that maybe doesn't get out there as much as not too many engineers have a big following, right? Um, in terms of race mm -hmm. engineers. And I've been getting in front of the blackboard and explaining in as basic terms as I can, like the vehicle dynamics principles and how the cars work and doing technical highlights of parts on, on the cars. And it's gotten a pretty good reception. I've, I've, I've been really happy with it and people seem to like it. So I'm going to keep doing that. Yeah. Well, listen, we appreciate you taking a little time tonight. I know you got to get off to your boss's uh, festivities, but I would urge the IndyCar nation to check out your TikToks. In fact, the most recent one uh, where as I understand it, you uh, take Formula One and say, we're faster, nah, 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 <laughs> and uh, explain why. So uh, we'll just leave it at that and see what, sign, what kind of response uh, right. you get there on the TikTok video. Hey, good luck in qualifying, but more importantly, in the race itself, Dalton. Thank you. Appreciate it. TikTok. Uh, you know, I don't even know what that is, Jeff. I have no <laughs> clue, okay? I, I, I don't know what TikTok is. Uh, what's the other one that you're on? Stitch. Yeah, Twitch. So there's the, all this social media. There, I'm sorry, it's not Stitch. It's Twitch. 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 You have to be a gamer, right, to do Twitch? No, you don't. But no. uh, mainly, the, the platform is, um, you know, it's a gaming platform. But we've been changing that. So I've been actually oh. broadcasting all the IndyCar practice. I've been wow. broadcasting my I'm stock impressed. car. And uh, you can just sit there and just chat as well. But I mean, when I play iRacing, which is the game simulator, that's when, you know, we get most views. So, yeah, in a way, it's still a, a gaming look, platform. Look, I'm comfortable on Instagram now. I'm comfortable on Facebook. You uh, came a long way. You came yeah, a long way. And, and, and Twitter. And that's thanks to, uh, you know, Jack of Roots Wind Tone. Before we go to break, 
I would like to tell our listeners that I have a very, very special wind tunnel episode coming up next week, leading to the Indy 500. It's, it's a long and extended and very far reaching interview with your bud from Brazil, uh, Elio Castro Neves, going all the way back to when you two started in Indy Lights and all of the twists and turns and things that have happened to him as he gets ready to uh, try and join the most exclusive club. There are no members yet. It would end up being a club of one should he win his fifth Indianapolis 500. But up next, we'll start to really apply the laser focus on the two races that exist at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And I'm not talking about the GMR Grand Prix. The first race comes your way Saturday and Sunday of this weekend. That's four laps, 10 miles to see who will start on the front row. And then the 106 running of the Indy 500. We'll spend our time focusing on how to get on that front row and who's fast and who's not. When I visit with TK and grill him like a 4th of July hamburger and no more of this canon. Well, I know, but I really can't say. I'll talk to him, folks, during the break. We'll get him to come clean. You're listening. Moment of truth. You're listening to Brick by Brick. Don't go anywhere because we will be back right after this. Quick pit stop, and then we're back on the track. This, this is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. This is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. Okay, for us to start to unpack what lies ahead for you and 32 other drivers, and that's this Indy 500 in uh, two Sundays from now. And in between, by the way, uh, we are going to be on the road live as part of Carb Day, right between the press box and the pagoda with a special edition of Brick by Brick. And uh, we'll be on Thursday taking part in the media day as well. But today, rain forced the cancellation of all the practice. And it was the first complete washout of a practice day since all the way back in 2016, how much I got the impression yesterday that the reason we saw the level of activity that we did was because it was pretty much a hundred percent chance that today was going to be a total washout. Yeah. I mean, it's never a hundred percent, but we had a pretty good idea, but honestly, Jack, I don't think it's, it's a bad thing. I mean, sometimes, you know, more practice gives us more confusion. Engineers will have yeah. more ideas. You always keep trying. You're never yes. happy. That's a human nature. A driver and an engineer always try to find the perfect car. I don't think I ever had the perfect car, so it's it's not bad. It gave us time and 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 to, to the drivers and engineers to stop, think about it, regroup, and say, okay, what are we doing? And then honestly, tomorrow it is. If you think about it, it's the last day to do race work, right? For qualifying because Friday we're going to increase the boost. It's fast Friday. Saturday and Sunday, nobody's running. If you don't qualify in the top 12, you're not running on Sunday. And then Monday, we have two hours and then carb day. So basically, tomorrow is the last day for race work before the three days that we call the three days of qualifying because Friday, everybody's going to try to do qualify runs and stuff. And then until Monday, when you go back and start working on racing again. 
help some of our, our, our fan nation understand the difference. I call it, and all of you have always pounded it into my head. They're two separate races. They're two separate setups. There's two different ways to approach it. If you have a chance, uh, like your team does, uh, to run for a spot on the front row, you go about fast Friday and prep uh, during qualifying, maybe a little bit different than, let's say, Dalton Kellett will. I mean, you, we are more aggressive. I mean, we have yeah. Chip there that it's just Chip wants to have five cars in the fast six. So you just approach. On Friday, for instance, we increase boost, and you're going to try – we're probably going to run – seven sets of tires but when you say that you think well but we only doing four laps at the time will be seven runs mm -hmm. and you try different downforce levels and the tweaking here and there trying different times of the day because you don't know what you're going to draw at the end of that day what position you're going to draw if for people that don't know we actually go draw out of a hat <laughs> um and see what position you're going to go out to qualify and then the weather here changes so much the track temperature changes so much that it has a big effect on it but that it's pure luck you don't know what you're going to draw some day some years you want to have an early draw some years you want to have a late draw like you mentioned and i need to tell you the truth uh this year actually because the way that the weather looks like you want to get a late draw because actually the temperature is be, is going to be dropping right as, as the day goes by so that is something that you can't control so and everybody's actually it's a mandatory to make one attempt on on uh on saturday so we would just be preparing on friday for the kind of different weather so do you see the engineers are going to write it down you're going to say okay at at noon it was 75 track temp was 100 and we did this at two o'clock so you just try to do seven runs basically you can do one run per hour um sometimes doesn't mean you're going to get a full run because you get traffic you get somebody in front of you a yellow comes out so even that it's like if you don't do four laps, you're going to be wondering if the car is going to stick for four laps. Sometimes, how many times we've seen the first lap, a huge speed, and then it keeps dropping because it's the best of four laps. So it's uh, so many things. But as a, as a team, us, I mean, Chip wants to be in front with all the cars. So we, we have a tendency to be more aggressive. Uh, you mentioned Dalton, but you're going to talk about the smaller teams that are teams that are realistic, that they don't have that big of a chance to start in the top 12 they're not at risk because we don't have bump but then they're going to go all right we'll be conservative we're going to put it in the show and we're going to just work next week towards the race car and we heard dalton basically share that with us what the game plan is for uh, he and his teammates today i mean tomorrow and the next day but in the, for you and for team penske and for andretti some of the top squads because of the mandate from the owners that they want to see their cars in that top 12 to compete for the Firestone fast six tomorrow is your last, what I used to call full tank session. So we'll, we'll see speeds in a tow because you'll all be in a draft trying to figure out what the cars do and how they feel not only when you're passing, but when somebody passes you and the speeds will be right in there. I'm, I'm saying what two twenty or so. Tomorrow on the yeah. draft, uh, tomorrow on the draft will be, be 225, 228, 228. I mean, okay. Yeah. Dixon did a 227 yesterday on the draft, but that's right. like 10 car draft. It's not realistic, um, but it's just, you know, how, so how do you think TK that'll compare to the actual race day speed? 
Oh, race pace in the race would be low two twenties to two seventeens. Yeah. Even teams. I mean, they will it will slow down massively. Um, and who's gonna dictate that is the leader. I the mean, leader, it, yeah. Yeah. They're gonna be yeah. safe few and you're gonna be behind, it's gonna be playing a strategy, but yeah, you're not gonna see. I mean, eventually a guy in the back on a restart, you'll see a two twenty-three, two twenty-four because he's getting a draft, but the leaders will not run a 225 up front that is no way because of the level of downforce we're going to have and i i only bring the speed differentials up because if if you're sitting there in the stands or you're you're watching on peacock's extensive coverage uh it's it it can give you a false positive as they like to say uh the 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 toe speeds tomorrow in full tanks versus your race speed as you say because you're going to crank more downforce into it but then we get to Friday for what I'm going to call the hot squads, guys like you and, and, and Dixie and, and even Jimmy Johnson. I mean, he was right up there and uh, certainly I, well, I'm going to let you answer the question. Honestly, do you think he's a contender for the Firestone fast six? A hundred percent. Yeah, I do too. I yeah. do too. I mean, he, now you asked me about is Jimmy going to win the race? Um, I think he has a big, big shot, but I think, you know, if look what happened to Palu last year, you get a, a guy like Elio that has a lot of experience in the last 20 laps. I, I find it hard, you know, I think it's, it's going to be one race, like always been by lap 180 and it's going to be a completely different one from 180 to 200. But yes, Jimmy, um, you just give an example yesterday, we do have the no toe laps, basically we have a system that tells you how many seconds the car ahead right. of you is ahead of you. So Jimmy was the fastest car uh, of our team on a no toe. So, and that's what it counts. You don't have a toe when qualifying. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I truly believe if, if, if and, and Jack, we just talked about it. If you got to draw the right number, you got to yeah. make the, the qualifying attempt that has to be perfect and so on. And remember, I mean, I know we're going to keep reminding people it's four laps, but if you're advancing, it's 12 laps because you lock it into the top 12. Then on Sunday, the top 12 go out for the fast six, six. And, and then, then you got to do it all over again. Then you got to do it all over again. So it, it, it's really like, I mean, it's, are, cool. are you, are you whining? Come on. I, I mean, no, 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 no. I'm giving oh, yeah, you yeah, I, I, perspective yeah. of, of, how hard that is it's hard enough when we had to do four laps that's right now you gotta do 12 if you make it you know so it's it it's gonna be interesting chevrolet versus honda early indicators uh the chevrolet caught up for sure honda yeah. had the upper hand i still believe that with with the boost increase Honda still has a little bit of advantage because that has been the past few years, but comes down to race. Uh, I, I think they, they caught up big time. So I might be wrong. They might caught up with, with the increase of boost as well, but I think it's a lot closer um, than it's ever been. I mentioned team Penske. I mentioned Andretti Autosport and certainly chip and uh, your operation. What I neglected to mention, which I do think when it comes to Indy, you have to include them in the conversation. And that's Ed, that's Ed Carpenter racing. 
I mean, they're, they're always going to be a contender. They have, you know, three really good cards. Um, so it, honestly, Jack, like I said, it's only, ha only has been one day and, and it's not clear who's really strong and who is not, but those guys, they know what to do. They know actually what, what to do really well for quality. They have been the best Chevy team for the past five years. Mm -hmm. uh, that is the team that when you're at the outside, if you can't get into a big team, like I'm giving you an example of myself before I joined Ganassi, that was a team that I said, if I want to do the 500, that's, that's, that's one of the cars that I want to be in. So they're going to be, obviously they're going to be up there. Uh, before we talk more about qualifying and about the race itself, I, I did neglect when we were talking about the GMR Grand Prix uh, to put a period on the conversations both in social media and on that driver email chain, you know what I'm talking about, Roman versus Ray Hall. Uh, <laughs> there were some moments, not from Graham, but from fellow drivers that I think were maybe making it much harder for Grosjean to pass than maybe in previous races. And it struck me that it was a case where they were telegraphing to, uh, to the Frenchman, you, we are going to give you what you give us. So if you're going to adopt the Paul Tracy technique, we're going to return the favor as well. Did you get the same sense? Oh yeah. Well, if you guys watched the Grand Prix, look at what Harvey did to him. He yeah. sent him like, like go cut the grass around three corners. So it's bad. It's there. And, and again, you're going to go, but what did Harvey had to do with it? Well, Harvey's um, Jack RLL, RLL, yeah, yep. it's Ray Hall and it's his teammate, and and he wants to play hard. And but look, I give I give Grosjean kudos. I, I I mean, PT's been on on social media saying, "Oh, you guys are too nice. We need bad guys. It's hard to be a bad guy." I mean, I get it. I think it's good and bad for the sport. We can agree to disagree. Uh, but the way Grosjean's handling, it's actually pretty good you pretty know taxi. like yeah correct i, I can't he be got, bothered with that yeah <laughs> you know like he he got hammered by jack and didn't say didn't cry word. didn't whine didn't, didn't go so, no he, he did whine in the radio right away well i'm talking that was about it. in front because of knuckleheads like me in front of in, in front vent. of the media yeah right uh, i mean he, but he didn't say a word nothing and then right. and, 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 and my opinion he noted it and Jack will be the next one if he has an opportunity. It's just the way it is. Look, uh, our listeners desperately want to know, though. You said, yes, he whined on the radio. I, I heard it. I agree. He didn't to the media. I heard that and saw that. And on social media, what we don't know, Mr. Chairman of the driver email chain, did uh, you see any email exchanges from one Roman Grosjean? Maybe just asking the chairman of the driver email chain to keep an eye open. Now we actually uh, had an email exchange about something else, and actually Graham agreed with Grosjean on the topic, yes. and then the whole the whole group was like, "Whoa!" And then Grosjean says. On the replies, so that means we made it up. And Graham's like, "Not so fast, Frankie. Not so fast." So it it has lined up, and it's it's you know it is what it is. You know, 
you talk about how nerve-wracking these races are, how how intense and how competitive the series is, and and you try to stick a microphone on us right after the race, we're going to say things sometimes that we regret. That's why you always have to take a deep breath. But kudos to Graham because he also takes to social media. <laughs> and, and and then here you go. But anyway, so uh, it, it, it was, uh, I think everybody's cool by now. And they have to be because you're talking about the Indy 500. You can't play those right. games before this race. So. No, indeed you cannot. And when you look at the field, we mentioned Ed Carpenter racing after the performance we saw one year ago, were it not for an errant wheel and it was a fuel save strategy for Graham that really, I think if he hadn't had that mishap coming out of the pits probably would have made one less stop than everybody else and would have been definitely in the conversation. And Oh, by the way, did I neglect to mention, and it seems to have zip it happens all of the time. Uh, Dale Coin Racing with Rick Ware Racing has, uh, you know, no, no, no chance. Uh, no, Takuma Sato already has proven to us, you know, that no chance, no advance, that he's willing to hang it out. I mean, you got to go pretty deep into this field before you say, all right. And I haven't even mentioned McLaren Pato Award. And we saw an, a, a different Pato Award show up for the GMR Grand Prix. And I think you're seeing the same thing during the preparations for the 500. Uh, and I think what he's doing, quite honestly, is he's hiding behind Montoya. Because, <laughs> you, know, you know, JPM, an engineer will come up to him and he'll go out and he'll make one lap and he'll come in and say, change it. I don't like that. OK, Pato, on the other hand, will try to get along with everybody. And now that he's got grandpa on the team, he can push. You know, it's like it's like having somebody to. Go tell him. And JPM doesn't care. Montoya will walk right up and say, no, change it. I, I want nothing to do with that. And then Pato's in the background like a photobomb with a smile from ear to ear. Yeah, I mean, it's two completely different personalities. you know. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's a good thing because they balance each other out. So, uh, you know, Montoya doesn't care. No. He, <laughs> and, and he's always been like that. Kudos to the kid. It is, is since day one. He never cared and he never will. So he's there to do a job and win the race. And it doesn't matter what you tell him, what good of a car. Oh, because this guy has a car. That's not the car that I want. He mentioned that the other day. He says, I was struggling uh, on the opening day because I was trying to drive a car that the engineer said, that's what I had to drive. And I said, no, that's not what I want to drive. And that's not what I'm driving. So, and that takes a lot on a driver, Jack, because you have to be extremely confident to put yourself out there to say that because obviously engineers have theories and data and this and that and that and and you know doesn't happen very often that you know you impose yourself and you say no especially when you're one off you've not doing the whole year so the engineers say well but you haven't been around much and and so now things have changed and he's like i i don't care yeah that, you know that's that's <laughs> that's, what, that's montoya yeah right Absolutely. It's been, but I'm glad you pointed out it's been Montoya since he first showed up with target chip Ganassi racing at the Indy 500 and the same attitude. It was kind of like, even when he won, Hey, okay. I don't care. You know, We're good. Yeah. Exactly. We do have a various group of personalities when it comes to uh, Indy car drivers. All right. Um, as Will Power would say, uh, all right, mate, 
I want you to handicap who you think. I'm not going to say who's going to get the poll, but I am going to ask you, who do you think when we convene on Sunday and we've winnowed the field down to the top 12, are there going to be any names that maybe we haven't talked about or that we may look at it and say, wow, I didn't see that one coming. I doubt it. Yeah, uh, I agree. I might be wrong, but I doubt it. For the, for the top 12, I doubt it. We might see that in the race um, because, but for, for, for the top 12 in the grid, the first four rows, I, I doubt it. It's going to be somebody that is going to surprise us, but I might be wrong. Uh, you, you notice I haven't grilled you about uh, the big brouhaha in the uh, driver's lot over uh, poor uh, Connor Daly's poor, poor Connor Daly. The misfortune guy with tub. his hot tub. It's a hot tub in the paddock and poor, poor Connor Daly, you know. So here's the thing, Jack. When when you brag about things like that, you got to be careful how you put it because you're the only one in the paddock that has that. It's the bus lot. You buy this fancy hot tub and you've been posting and bragging about it, you know, for a few days. You, you, you have to be prepared for something to happen. And, and I think uh, uh, I'm not going to get into the argument who did it and who did not. I'm not going to say I got a text from him saying I am a suspect. Obviously, uh, rightfully so, because I, I'm, my history of pranks are extensive. Well but known and well documented, yeah. All, all I replied to him is, you're lucky, because if it was me, it would be no hot tub anymore. It's not just going to be a little bubbles or whatever you call that, that they put it there. I said, I would probably poke a hole or do something nasty. If you guys remember, Dario saw my bike in half. In half, yeah. Yeah. So well, I you're the... You're the prankster, but we'll get an update report after qualifying. But, but let me put it this way. Uh, I've knew about it, and that is not the end of it. Uh, it will be a couple more guys that will get uh, pranked um, this year, and I'm not going to deny that I'm involved. One there you way go. Or hey, we've come to the end. 